Good morning, guys. Thank you for being uh, a part of the Shine family, whether you're here in person uh, or whether you're uh, listening in, viewing online. Um, we're part of one family, and just we just want, uh, we've got some extra folks. We're setting all kinds of records for online viewing. Um, so thank you for being with us virtually, and we just, we want you to know we love you. You're a part of this, and actually we've got a way for you uh, this weekend and potentially on the weeks moving forward uh, as, as this uh, is necessary to actually contribute to the conversation, contribute to the interactive portion of that. So uh, just so you all know, watching online, when you submit some comments during the question and answer times, um, I'll have a way to see those and actually interact with those. So um, we just want you to be able to feel like you're right here and you can participate in that. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I believe that God, um, it's been awesome just to, to be able to, to pray together. Uh, just a few moments ago. Thank you, Pastor Dan, for, for leading that time um, and leading us as a congregation. I believe that God just has called us to be agents of his peace in the middle of this time. How many of you guys know, I was actually just talking to somebody else who uh, was mentioning to me that they went to the grocery store and, um, you know, just experienced uh, the chaos and the fear. I mean, right? Anybody been to the grocery store lately? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy adventure, right? It's something that you probably didn't think. I mean, we've all maybe had like a blizzard or, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, go get a few extra, an extra gallon of milk or some eggs or whatever. But I was there on Friday morning and literally walking through, I mean, it was a sea of people and you could sense fear in the, do you know what I'm saying? You literally, you know, cause I think sometimes when we're at home and I mean, we might, be fighting our own fear and anxiety. But then when we go somewhere like that, where everybody's literally like, there's limited resources and we have to go. And I felt it rising up inside of me because my wife had given me a list. When your wife gives you the list, plus it included half and half, which you don't want to see me without half and half people. That, that is Armageddon. That is, that is the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I was literally experiencing, like, I wonder if by the time I get through trying to find green beans and, and things in a pretty bare shelf, I wonder if there's going to be creamer left. And, I, and so you just kind of get that, like, you know, <laughs> hockey mindset. Like, my cart's bigger than your cart, <laughs> you know? And in the midst of all that, I really believe, I, I really felt like the Lord whispered to me um, the beginning. Well, he whispered to me, hey, s slow down for a second. And look at these people. Slow down and actually make eye contact. Slow down and actually look at what's going on. And, and I began to look and I saw like a mom with her little baby in the car and grabbing things and, you know, some other folks, some senior folks, just husbands, wives, whatever, people of all generations and, all, you know, and, and the anxiety and the fear and the uncertainty that was on their faces. And I believe that we've all experienced that and maybe we're even, again, fighting it in our own hearts. And God wants to speak to us right here in the middle of it. Um, as Pastor Dan and I have been sharing, we really believe that there's kind of a two-part word, at least. Maybe it'll go more than two weeks. But I'm starting a conversation here um, and, and just beginning to remind us of some things from God's word that Pastor Dan is going to continue to build upon next week. And here is what it is, guys. Um, I believe that um, in times like this, God wants to shine on people. Do you believe that? He wants to shine 
with his warmth. He wants to radiate his peace. He wants to radiate his comfort and his presence and his strength and his stability and all the things that are lacking in our world right now. When we don't know what the solution is, there's no antidote, there goes my water. Uh, All of those things, God is saying, I am what you all need and I love you and I want to minister from from who I am. But here is the cool thing. God could fly by with an airplane with a little banner behind it and be like, hey, I see what y'all are going through down there. Good luck with everything. (laughs) Have you ever been at the beach or somewhere where you see one of those planes? Aren't you thankful God doesn't do that? God actually has a much better plan than flying by with a little, you know, airplane with a banner behind it. And, uh, and I believe he wants to speak to us uh, today about what that is. And so I want to jump in where I believe we, we can begin this conversation together. And it's in 1 Peter 2, verse 9. I want to read this portion of Scripture to you today. If you can pull that up, or if not, I can read it from... Um, First Peter, there we go. Okay, uh, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Man, let that word sink into your spirit. He, you are God's chosen treasure. God has chosen you. Priests who are kings. Other translations say a royal priesthood, right? A a holy nation, God's devoted ones. He called us out of darkness. Do you feel the darkness around us right now? Perhaps in some ways more than ever. He's called us out of that to experience his glorious light. He wants us to experience it, not just to try to give it away, to experience it for ourselves. He did this so that, here's our purpose, guys, we will broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. I believe that God's plan to export and and, and invade our world, invade families, invade individuals who are paralyzed by anxiety and by fear, I believe his plan to invade that is through us realizing our role. Are you ready? as priests. Priests. It doesn't sound very exciting, does it? I know Nacho wasn't very excited about it. You know, priestly duties and churchy responsibility. You know, he did not really, he's like, my life is good, really good. I get to sleep alone every night. You know, he was not excited about being a priest. But I believe that being priest is actually the most exciting thing in the world. I believe it's, it's, it's incredible. Here's why. Do you know what a priest does? A priest is an agent and a carrier of the presence of God to the people who need it most. Isn't that awesome? Do you remember the priests? What did they do? One of their primary roles in the Old Testament was to carry the Ark of the Covenant. What was that Ark? It was the very manifest presence of God among his people. It was, it was literally, they were the, the ones chosen. Nobody else could, nobody could just volunteer. Hey, I want to carry the Ark. Do I get a turn? No, guess what? Do you know who got to choose? God is the one who chose. Hebrews 5.4, it's talking about a priesthood. And it says, no one takes this honor upon themselves. They had to be chosen, right? Aaron and his line were chosen. Hey, you guys, it's your lucky day. You get to be the carriers of my presence for generations to come. But guess what? What did we just read? You, say me, 
actually say I to be grammatically correct. Okay. <laughs> I, I am chosen. Say it. I am chosen. We read it right now in, in the epistle of Peter. God has chosen us. And the enemy hates that because the enemy loves to lie to us and say, no, you're not. Who do you think you are? You're not good enough. You don't, who do you think? You don't know the Bible enough. Oh, you don't go to church enough. You haven't been a Christian long enough. You look at you. You did this. Does, do you know the enemy loves to accuse? But God has just told us, you are a chosen people. I have chosen you to be my priests. Remember that? To be royal priesthood. And the priests, we are to carry the presence and the peace of God to those right around us who need it most. I'm telling you what, I've never been in a time like this. Think about this for a second, guys. In Douglas County or wherever you find yourself chiming in and, and tuning in online, I don't know that there's ever been a time in our nation at least where people were more open to God's peace to what they don't have. Do you know what I'm saying? I think the very things that are blessings of God, I, dude, I'm all about, I, I love prosperity. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, vacations in Cancun. Amen, yes, Jesus. Okay, I'm all about that. But in the midst of that, sometimes the heart can harden and we don't realize our need for God. And I believe we're living in times where even people that have the hardest hearts there's beginning to be a crack and they're realizing, man, I'm anxious. I'm afraid. What good does billions of dollars do me if I contract a virus and die or if, you know what I'm saying, I lose someone whom I love. There's no money that can substitute. And so all of a sudden, I believe that God, I'm not saying God sent this. I believe God uses what the enemy meant for evil. God has a plan in his goodness and his love. And so if we're willing to get on board as his priest, as the carriers of his peace and his presence, he wants to use us in huge ways, guys. This could be the greatest thing that our nation has experienced for the spread of the gospel, for people to come to know Jesus through his peace, his comfort, his love that he brings through you and through me. So here's what I wanted to look at real quick. Um, as, we, as we talk about this, in the, uh, in the Old Testament, the priests that the, 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 uh, ministered to the Lord, their first responsibility, of course, was to minister to the Lord himself. But then I want to take you real quick to the tabernacle that God built. You guys remember the tabernacle when the Israelites were out in Egypt and God had set them free from slavery and God uh, commanded Moses. He actually literally gave him the blueprints of what this needed to look like, the place where the Ark of the Covenant would reside, where they would be able, the center of, of his people's relationship with him at that time was the tabernacle. That was the, the, the main place, right? Where they, they could gather and worship and sacrifice unto him. And so here's the thing. The very first thing, when you would come into the outer court or the outer uh, area of the tabernacle was a bronze altar. And that bronze altar was where they sacrificed all of the animals, right? For the covering over of sin. Because the word of God says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. There's no remission of sin, right? And so they would have to do that. So the priest's job, one of their jobs was to actually butcher these animals. Can you imagine being a priest and doing that all day long? I mean, that, that, that part of it doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun to me. Good news for you. We don't have to do all that. Why? Because Jesus is our sacrifice. Somebody prayed that up here a few moments ago, that Jesus is the Lamb of God, that he's the one who takes away the sin of the world. So now as priests, what do we get to do? We get to take his sacrifice and apply it to everybody. Oh, you need healing? Jesus died. He was beaten and bruised for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. By his stripes, we are healed. I get to take what he did 
on the cross. And it's not a goat or a, or a bull or an ox. It's the pre- precious and perfect lamb of God. Sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure. We just talked about that altar that symbolized the death of Jesus, his sacrifice. But then it goes on to speak of the labor, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of what? Of what? That labor, that priestly uh, privilege that we have to wash in the word of God, if we want to be used as God's priests to carry his peace and his presence that our world so desperately needs, we've got to get good at washing ourselves with the word of God. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to focus about that. How do we wash ourselves with the word of God? How do we do that? So this is uh, the first of our interactive pieces here today. I want to actually ask you guys and ask you guys watching online. I do have a way again to, they're going to be putting some of the comments here for me so I can see those. So you can participate in this conversation. Um, uh, What is uh, a way that you have heard from God's word throughout this coronavirus crisis? What's something from God's word that has spoken to you some way that you've heard something or, you know, uh, maybe it's been through your own reading, maybe on the radio, maybe on television, whatever, through social media, something from God's word that has encouraged you or spoken to your heart. Uh, Rob's got the microphone, so if you, yeah, raise your hand. Dick over here will start us off. Uh, The word of God says, decree a thing and it shall be. So when you read the Word of God, you read it out loud Mm. and you put it out into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And as that goes into the atmosphere, Mm -hmm. God's angels, their ministering spirits, Mm -hmm. sent to carry out the Word of God, to watch over it. Amen. Sent to serve those who will inherit salvation, right? That's what angels do. Amen. Thank you so much, Dick. That's encouraging that we can speak the Word of God. Okay. Yep. Coming to you next, Joel. Yes, Mason. Um, Just the fact that it says that in the last days, he will turn the hearts of sons to their fathers and fathers to their sons. And somebody, I think you had mentioned that actually about people, their relationships coming back and that um, people who haven't reached out to family members even in years are checking to say like, hey, are you okay? Mm. Like, does anybody know, you know, if you're okay? And I feel like there's healing that the Lord wants to bring to relationships. Um, you know, that he is working all things together for the good of those who love him. And so that's how I've been encouraged. That is so powerful, Mason. Um, Man, God is restoring relationships even between the generations, something where the enemy brought so much division and God is healing that Malachi 4 verses 5 and 6. Um, For those of you listening online, I think we lost you just for a moment. The question that we're uh, asking for you to to participate in is how have you heard uh, from God during this coronavirus crisis? How, what's something, a verse or something that is spoken to your spirit uh, through God's word? How have you basically washed yourself? How have you already done that with the word of God? So we're hearing from Joel, and then we can go to someone online if uh, there is. So in school, um, every week we have a memory verse, and last week our memory verse was 2 Timothy 1.7. For for the Spirit of God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness. He has given us a spirit of power, love, and self-judgment. Wow, praise God. Can we give it up for Joel? That is so great, Joel. I love that. And that was from memory. So she is storing the Word of God in her heart. And I love that, Joelle. You're allowing God's word to speak to you and to guide you and to show you how to think about this situation, right? 
with peace, with yet power, and a sound mind. I love that. Somebody else? Yes, Donna. I was actually I was actually listening to a CD on in my car from Desperation. If anybody knew Desperation at New Life, but there's a song called Banner, and the song goes, "Hold my we will hold our banner high." Mm. And what is that? What is that? Our, our done banner in your of heart? God. Banner of God, Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, my banner. Mm-hmm. Man, we can hold his name high, know that we are secure and safe in him. I love that, Donna. Yep, somebody right there as well. They shared this verse at the beginning, Psalm 91.1, or like whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But when I was listening to Caleb on the radio, they were talking about how like in life we call 911 when we need help. Mm-hmm. And the verse that's Psalm 91.1 is talking about like living in God's protection and crying out for help. So uh-huh. I just thought that was really cool, like mm-hmm. how that specific verse is talking about reaching out for God's help and like correlates to our actual lives too. That is so great. Psalm 91.1, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That is what Pastor Janelle declared over us. Wow, what a beautiful, thanks for sharing that. Somebody else, anybody else? That is so great, guys. I, oh, yes, somebody, yes, right here. Um, we were at a friend's house two weeks ago, I think, praying specifically for our state. And uh, the virus, this was before it really became a big, a big talking point. Mm-hmm. And at that time, we just prayed in the courts of heaven that this word had no power. Mm. And I just asked him to bring up uh, James 10, 310. And so blessings and curses come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? And so I just think if we don't even give that word any power in mm-hmm. that spiritual realm, it, mm-hmm. it changes everything like what he said earlier. Mm-hmm. Our yeah. words are so important. I love that. So great, guys. Can you guys see how God is speaking to us through his word? How you've already begun to wash yourselves with the word of God. You've already begun all of this. From what I'm hearing, we've already begun this process of washing ourselves, letting God's word wash our thinking. As Pastor Dan said, I think it's brilliant, that man, if we just sit and submit ourselves to all of the, the fear, the social media, the news, all that stuff. Listen, it's important to be informed. It's important to be aware. Absolutely, 100%. I was on a, uh, a conference call with Governor Polis and 300 other faith leaders from Colorado on Friday or whatever it was. You know, we're, we're doing what we need to do. I'm not, please don't, don't take this out of context. But when we only do that, when we only just, okay, what is so-and-so posting about this? What's so-and-so? But, okay, you know, uh, we can wish we had bought in toilet paper. It's all going to cause remorse and fear, people. Somebody, by the way, said, you know what? The cheese aisles are still full. And so maybe there's a correlation there where eat more cheese. I, I just, somebody needed to hear that today, if you don't have toilet paper, uh, especially. But somebody from online is telling us 2 Timothy 1.7, which is, yep, what Joel shared, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Thank you, Jess, for chiming in with that. Absolutely. But a spirit of power of love and of a sound mind or sound judgment. And that is absolutely, I'm so glad to hear, Jess, that God has spoken to you through that word and that you're washing yourself with the word of God. I'm telling you guys, if we wanna truly walk in God's peace, if we wanna walk as priests, we've gotta get good 
at washing ourselves with the word of God because the world is not going to stop throwing slime at us. The world is not going to stop throwing fear, doubt, anxious thoughts, accusation, regret, remorse, anger, frustration, right? Selfishness, all those things. But God has given us the solution and what he wants to do. And I think what we see here is, um, I think there's two ways that we can, we can go to God's word and both are right. One time, tell me if you see this as well, when, when disaster strikes and we're like, oh no, oh, what does God's word have to say? Guess what God is saying? Absolutely, come to me. I want to speak to you, right? Oh no, I lost my job. What does God's word say? Come to me. Oh no, there's a virus. What? Come to me. God is never um, pushing us away. He always is waiting with open arms. He always is merciful and compassionate, saying, man, if you're feeling crisis, if you're feeling drawn and, and afraid, come to me and I will give you rest. But I believe that in David's life, we also see another level that God is inviting us into when it comes to his word. And that was in Psalm 119, um, verse 11. It says this, <clears throat> Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, David did what Joel is doing, memorizing God's word, hiding it in his heart, taking time to let God's word wash him, not just when disaster strikes, but all the time. Because then guess what? When disaster strikes or when the storm comes, we've got something inside of us that the Holy Spirit can go, hey, remember that promise? Hey, remember that verse that you memorized? Hey, remember that song that you heard that speaks my word? Hey, remember? All of a sudden it's like, there's something there. Does that make sense? I've, we've taken time to hide God's word in our hearts. And we can do that, guys. Let me tell you, let me read you a few things here from Psalm 119. David was in love with the word of God. I mean, if you start reading, by the way, Psalm 19, if you start going through that and reading it, the word precepts, commandments, law, statutes, all those things you can replace for word, word of God, okay? He, he likes to use all these fancy names, but they're all talking about one thing. David loved to reflect on the word of God. Listen to some of these things. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I rejoice in following your statutes, your word, as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts, your word, um, and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees, your word, I will not neglect your word. I mean, it goes on and on and on. There is dozens and dozens of reverence. He says, man, I wake up in the middle of the night just so I can think about your word. I mean, can you imagine setting your alarm for like 3 a.m.? I just want to set my alarm for 3 a.m. and just read a Bible verse and then go back to sleep. <laughs> do you know anybody who does that? I don't think I do. <laughs> but the point is, David loved the word of God. He loved being proactive, not just waiting till the storm came, but knowing, man, I want to be washing myself constantly with God's word, so I will be ready when the storm comes. I believe that God is gonna empower us as we make the choice to do that. I think it really comes down to, um, um, to if we have decided that God's word establishes our reality, then I think, man, we can cannonball in. We can go all in and hold nothing back. Do you agree? If we've truly decided and determined that God, your word tells me what I am to fear and what I am not to fear. Your word tells me how I am to be wise and what is being paranoid. Your word speaks to me. 
about confidence and about wisdom. Your word speaks to me about all of these things. God, you love me. Your word is, man, it speaks to every area that I need. If I've truly made that decision in my heart that his word establishes what is truth and what is real for me, then why not just jump in? Why not go all in? And I believe God's inviting us as a church in the days and weeks ahead. Man, if we will jump into his word, if we will dive in and start chewing on it and start pulling stuff out of it, he wants to speak to us. Guys, through the whole Bible, he wants to speak to us from the first five books that talk about all these guys, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the struggles they faced, the women of faith, man, the Sarah and Rachel and amazing, powerful examples there. He wants to speak to us through the historical books. Man, the people of God faced all kinds of challenges, but God showed his power, his strength to them, set them free, delivered them through Samson, through Deborah, through all these ways. God heard their prayers and answered and set them free. Man, God wants to speak to us through the books of poetry and like Psalm 91. Say, man, God, I'm under the shadow of your wings, right? We can get that. God wants to speak to us through, through um, the prophetic books. Somebody last night mentioned um, Ezekiel uh, 47. It's talking about God's river and his river of fresh water. Check this out. It says, when it flows into the Dead Sea, even the Dead Sea will not be dead anymore. So it's not, we have to think, oh no, but if the water flows into the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea will overcome. No, no, no. It's saying my water, my spirit, my word, man, it makes even the salty place drinkable and fresh. And, and that the, the, the leaves are for the healing of the nations. So God even can speak to us through prophetic books that are kind of like, Oh, what is all that, right? Because, you know, you're reading a few chapters earlier. It's like a wheel within a wheel and four animals covered with eyeballs. Like what in the world, <laughs> right? Like what am I reading here? And it takes some, you know, it takes some time and some practice and some whatever, some work to I understand some of the parts of the Bible. I get that. But even through some of those prophetic books, God wants to speak to his people. And then through the gospels, when we talk about the life of Jesus, do you think God wants to speak to us through that? Absolutely, man. Then the epistles, you know, we've, Talk about 2 Timothy 1.7 and other ways. God wants to speak to us. What about Revelation, the very end? Pastor John always used to say, I've read the end of the book and not to spoil it, but we win. <laughs> Jesus is victorious. Amen? We win. So God, I believe that God is challenging us as, as his people to say, get into my word. Let me speak to you from the entire word and all that. Let's get practical real quick here and talk about um, how do we get the most out of God's word? Um, when I asked um, some of our teaching team this question, um, and you guys can be thinking because I'm gonna ask you for your input here in just a second. Dan talked about, Pastor Dan talked about change it up. Um, don't get stuck in your reading routine right? Maybe if you've been reading like through the Bible in a year every year, but you get to like Deuteronomy or Leviticus and you're like, oh, two turtle doves and a cake made of raisins and, you know, sprinkle the blood on the four corners. You're like, oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> it's okay. Switch it up, right? Maybe go to the New Testament, read the Gospel of John, read 2 Timothy. Um, do that. Keep it fresh. Let the Lord lead you. Be sensitive to when there's no life in it anymore. Uh, Janelle even talked about, Pastor Janelle talked about, find a translation that you really connect with, right? If you're like, the, the, thou, the, 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 the loving kindness and grace of the love of the Lord be upon thee. And you're like, what? I don't even, right? There's a lot of translations we have access to. Find one that, that you connect with, that engages with you. Pastor Rob talked about having a book to read with scripture, 
right? Having, sometimes it helps to just kind of take a little bit of time and read something that's a devotional in nature. One of his favorites is actually a book uh, called Principles of Spiritual Growth by Miles Stanford, right? There's a lot of books out there that I have. I'm part of a reading plan on version that um, these pastors from uh, Holy uh, Trinity Church in Brompton, uh, London, he writes a little devotional every day. I don't know how they do this. And then he lets his wife chime in. And, and she writes like, you know, four lines at the very end, like, oh yeah, I love this verse. And this really encourages me. It's really sweet. You know, they both are a part of it together as a team. And, um, but I don't know how he does it, but he finds a way to kind of like find a common thread in the Old Testament portion, the Psalms and Proverbs and the New Testament. And, um, and he finds a way to like kind of, you know, find some sort of theme. And I'm like, I would have never thought about that. But, but God can use other people and other books uh, in, in our lives. Um, we've talked about some people read uh, a proverb a day, right? There's 31 proverbs, 31 days of the month. Uh, Janet talked about um, uh, going to like a Bible study, right? The enemy loves to accuse us and tell us, oh, you feel stupid when you go there because all the other people know way more than you do. Man, do you think the enemy just knows and is afraid of what's going to happen if we press in? and participate with other believers, or even remotely, even through social media. Jennifer's talking uh, online about using the Amplified Bible. That's a way that can really speak to you because it kind of adds a few descriptive words that help explain the process. I love that. Eric mentioned uh, praying together, right? Taking some time even as families or with other believers to pray together through a portion of Scripture, that can be a way that we maximize and get the most out of God's word, allow it to wash us. Uh, what are some of the other things that you guys can think of? What are things that you do um, that help you get the most out of God's word? Yes, Melody. Okay, so as you're reading through a passage, uh, Melody literally takes different words and then emphasizes it, kind of read it over and over, but emphasizing different words. Mm. Yeah, just let's just say, for example, if I can help you out, Melody, let's just say, for example, it says, hey, the Lord your God will be your strength. You can say, the Lord your God will be your strength and, and meditate on what Lord is. And then the Lord's your God, you know, is he our God will be your strength. And the Lord's your God will be, not might be, will be your strength. And then the Lord's your God will be your strength, right? The very thing that we need to, to pick ourselves up and to move forward without fear, with confidence. Is that, is that kind of the idea of just different words? Absolutely. Uh, we've got Heather online talking about meditating on the word of God right? I love that. Just taking some time, not just, you know, reading through it robotically, but taking some time to pause and, and reflect, hey, God, what are you saying through this? 
What does this mean? Right, Manny and Ashley are online. Love you guys. They're talking about reading the word of God with others. I'm sure you guys probably read it together. And what a cool thing that is. There's power in reading the word of God together. My mom and dad, I remember they used to do that, make their coffee in the morning. And, you know, obviously I know uh, some of us might not have the luxury of doing that because of our work schedules. They were missionaries. They could do that, but maybe on a Saturday or a Sunday day off, whatever it might be, um, taking some time to read God's word together. There can be such beautiful camaraderie of spirit that takes place with that. I want to leave you, before we conclude, I'm going to um, do something a little bit different here for our close today. But before uh, getting there, I wanted to read one other passage to you, and that's Hebrews 4, verse 2. Hebrews 4, verse 2 tells us there is something, the Word of God is only as powerful in our lives as we let it be. I'm going to repeat that. The Word of God is only as powerful in our lives as we allow it to be. There's something, there's a choice we have to make to really have it have its full effect in us. So we're talking about washing our mind with it. Of course, Corinthians tells us, take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. We're talking about renewing our mind in the Lord, aligning with Him through His Word. But here's, listen to what this is. For indeed, the gospel or God's Word about Jesus was preached to us as well as to them. He's speaking about the people in the Old Testament, God's people, the Israelites. But listen to what he says. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Oh, so there's a part that we need to bring to the equation. If we want to see God's word truly bear fruit in our lives, if we want to be able to walk confidently and uprightly as God's priests, carrying his presence, carrying his peace to those around us who need it most, we've got to mix what, he, what we're reading and his word, what he's speaking, we've got to mix that with faith. Do you know um, that word mix, what that actually means? Pastor Rob is going to love this. Rob, you're going to love this. Because it comes from a word that refers to the process of when we ingest food and it gets mixed with our saliva and the gastric juices. Rob loves this kind of stuff. I'm trying to honor you as best I can how you would, how you would teach this portion, Pastor Rob. But all of that process, when it starts breaking apart, right, the vitamins, and it starts digesting that, and it all mixes together into this nasty mush. There's a scientific word for it. I don't remember what it is. But, and all of a sudden, what happens? From there... All of those nutrients and all those vitamins and all those good things are broken up and taken through our blood vessels to the different organs, the different muscles, and the different tissues in our body and give us strength and give us life. God is saying, if you will mix my word with faith, that really helps break it apart so that all those nutrients, those promises, those words of encouragement can wash your thinking and can truly give you the nourishment that you need for yourself for your family to walk in my peace, in my presence, but also to be my priests who carry my presence. Do you believe that? Hey, we're gonna close with uh, something here this morning, and that is uh, a song that you may have heard online already this week or whatnot. It's out of Elevation Church, uh, Cody Carnes and, uh, um, goodness, his wife, Carrie Job, thank you, uh, wrote this song, and it's called The Blessing, and it's taken right out of the Word of God. It's taken right out of Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 and following, and it was the very blessing that God commanded the priests to speak over his people. 
And so we're going to listen to it together. I want you to do two things. I want you to let that word wash over you and that blessing wash over you and let it, if there's been a, uh, you've been struggling with fear, with anxiety, with doubt, man, let God's word and his blessing wash that away and just receive his peace for you. And then I believe I'm gonna come back up and pray that God allows us then to walk out of here with that same spirit, with that same presence of God, with that same blessing and use the priestly anointing that we have to apply that to others. If you'll go ahead and play that. Tell you what, do you know when you hear those flight attendants on the airplanes saying, what happens if there's a change in cabin pressure? Masks are going to fall, and then what do they tell you to do? Put yours on first, and then help the person next to you. Now, normally that might sound selfish, but when it comes to the blessing and the peace of God, I believe God is telling us if we're going to walk as priests, we can't give away his peace and his presence until we have been washed in it. And so I'm telling you what, when you hear, maybe go look at this song. It's called The Blessing. If you look it up on YouTube, man, it's out there. Just let that wash over you. Let that renew your mind. Next week, Pastor Dan is going to be bringing a word about, which is a part B to this, which is how do we then, having washed ourselves in the word, having, having believed that we are blessed, having believed that our high priest is, is speaking his blessing. In fact, in Numbers it says, and so you shall bind my name to my people. Isn't that cool? God's given us his authority as priests. He's chosen us to literally bless others and say, man, I'm, I'm attaching God's favor to your life. Fear be gone. In peace in Jesus' name. Sickness be gone. Uh, anxiety be gone. God has given us his authority to walk forward and bless others in our community, bless others in our family, but we've got to be washed in it first. Next week, come back. We're going to be challenged on what does this look like, church? What are the unique opportunities that God is giving us during this time to serve others, to pray for others, to just be Jesus in a way that we've never seen before? I'm telling you what, I believe God's going to turn our community upside down. I believe he's using this to revive his church. I think churches, even as we're having to scramble, can I be honest with you for a second? Pastors are like, oh, what do we do? Oh no, people don't come. They, they don't give. And if they don't give, we have to lay everybody off. And blah, 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 you know, and I get that, right? Like that's a real thing, right? I mean, it is, if we can just be open and honest. But here's the deal. I believe that God's saying, hey, I'm way ahead of you. And I believe that there's a bunch of pastors and church leaders and people in the church getting on their knees before God saying, God, it's not gonna work the way that we've always done it. So we need you to, to show us. I mean, we can either go into this panic mode of, okay, we're going to do this and that and sell tickets at the door and, you know, <laughs> yeah. we can walk in fear. Or we can say, God, what do you want your church to be? Man, this is a great, what better time to reinvent what is the body of Christ in 2020? Man, young adults have been asking that question for, for years. Man, is this all there is? There's got to be more. Man, we were meant to not just come to service on a weekend, an hour and a half, and be like, oh, that was great music. Oh, that was a nice sermon. No, we're meant to turn our world upside down with the power and the presence of Jesus. What a great opportunity we have right now because everything's kind of being shaken for us. Let's say, okay, God, we're listening. Show us, realign us. Give us your new design. What does that even look like? I don't know. We all through media, through technology, through coming together, through virtual, through serving others. 
But let's be in prayer. Let's be asking God. He's going to reveal himself to us. Come back next week. I believe we're going to just be encouraged and God's going to be leading us together to go out in our community with confidence, with peace and joy. Amen. God, bless your people. God, I pray that your blessing, God, would just be attached to us, Lord, that it would cling to us, that it would stick to us. Lord, your blessing is sticky because you just love us, your favor. You wash away all the fear, all the accusations of the enemy and you wash us, and you allow us to be clothed with your white precious garments in Christ. Bless your people as we go. Let us walk in your peace, your favor, your confidence in our identity as your chosen priests. Let our families and our community be changed even this week because of your presence in us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.